Welcome back to He Leadeth Me, a spiritual formation podcast for focused staff, students, and friends. I'm Jessica, Focus's Manager of Spiritual Formation, and this is our third and final episode in our series about beauty. And we are once again joined by Katie Weiss, the founder of Behold Visio Divina. Thanks for joining us again today, Katie. Thank you for having me. So Katie, I wanted to tell you a story about when I was in college. So when I was in college, some people at the university announced that they were going to have a showing of the vagina monologues. I don't know if you've heard of this play, but it's very crass. And my friends and I were talking about it, that it was just really upsetting that they were trying to talk about femininity through a way that was really crass and not beautiful. And so we kept talking, and at first we were just angry about it, and then slowly the conversation turned towards our Catholic faith shows such beautiful things about femininity. Is there anything that we could do to show the beauty of femininity? And then pretty soon we had organized not a counter-protest, but a counter-event. We put on this event called The Genius of Women, and what it was was kind of a classy variety show where people did different acts about femininity. And so we had dancers, we had people reading poetry, somebody did a scene from The Jeweler Shop by St. John Paul II, but it showed a truth in a very beautiful way. And we had people coming to it who were not necessarily won over to the church's vision about femininity. But they came because they wanted to see dancing. They wanted to see beautiful performances. And they saw that. And then during the intermission and afterwards, we could hear them having conversations about what touched them or what made them think, made them see things differently. And it was a really positive way to combat something that the culture at the university that was doing that wasn't true to the Catholic faith. And This got me kind of thinking about our podcast series on beauty and how beauty can be a means of evangelization. So do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I think that's a beautiful example of a way to speak truth without it being too much for people to handle. Because I think you were seeing something where it was like, okay, something's being distorted And we want to open the conversation, but honestly, if you were too direct about it, people wouldn't be open to coming and having that conversation. And it's tapping into what we spoke about the past two episodes where it's like, it's in us to really recognize beauty. So even if they couldn't put their finger on it, they could be like, oh, I really like this dancing, or this is like something I haven't even thought about before and have those conversations when normally barriers would be up. And I think that's something to really hit on is Beauty can be a way to open the conversation with people. I think we can all think of things in our life where it's like we were kind of closed-minded or have our own idea of what something is. And yet through gentleness, through a conversation with somebody, through a relationship, we can kind of re-examine <laughs> our ideas. And so I think beauty is an awesome tool for evangelization because it's not direct. While some people come into the church through a very direct, my mom is this way, she needed somebody to state what the church taught very clearly because she was uncatechized. But I know for a lot of us, it it can be a more gentle thing that we need. So I think beauty can be this very gentle way to expose somebody to Christ, but the barriers don't come up. 
Yeah, in focus, we talk about different stages that people are at in their journey, and there's win, build, and send. So first, somebody needs to be one to Christ and even one to you personally. And then after they are one, you need to build them, teach them the truths of the faith, help them to develop a prayer life and a sacramental life. And then finally, you need to send them to win others to Christ. And I remember reading an article by Bishop Barron, and he was talking about those different stages that people are in. And in the win stage, he said that out of the three transcendentals, beauty, truth, and goodness, he thought beauty was the best way to win people. Because if you start with truth right away, people can be turned off to it. Or even goodness, they can disagree with you about what is good. But there's something about beauty that tends to capture people. Yeah, definitely. And I think in our culture nowadays, like especially truth, it's like my truth is my truth. Your truth is your truth. So beauty is an amazing tool that you can use that, yeah, that winning stage. It's really important. Yeah. And I suppose if you can win people and evangelize them through beauty, people are also constantly being unevangelized through Mm -hmm. our culture. Yeah, definitely. So. Have you personally seen someone one to the truth of the gospel through beauty? A lot of the work that I do, I actually work with a wide variety of Catholics and non-Catholics. So we've had some people be in our small group. So kind of context is we have about eight published books on the mysteries of the rosary and then certain themes. So Faith Over Fear is an example of praying through anxiety. Encountering Christ is a series that we did on Actually, so a lot of our audience are women. So it's actually going through all your relationships as women in order of how we experience them. And then using the Surrender Novena and encountering Christ through art. And so we encounter a lot of women in different stages. And so I think the most tangible thing for me is we've had some people who are following away Catholics. One of our small groups last year had somebody who hasn't been to church in like 20 something years and she joined a friend for a group on the mysteries of the rosary, started praying the rosary every day, and now is back in the church and loves Our Lady. And then probably one of my favorite examples is actually what led me to do this ministry in the first place and make it more of a vocation was one of my first small groups. This more of a reversion moment, but one of the women in my group was struggling with, she had a miscarriage And we were praying with the nativity and that night she was just like, I realized today was actually the day I was due with my baby. I didn't realize until today, which was really striking, but she was like, for once, like, I want to experience Jesus in the mess. Like Mm -hmm. instead of avoiding the mess, like here at the nativity, like Jesus is in the midst of like straw and like animals. (laughs) And so it's, it seems like a small thing, but those things are so huge where it's like, wow, this person's really encountering Jesus in a very tangible way. So whether it's moments of deeper reversion or like the example in the first where it's somebody who just is like, I love these images of Our Lady and, oh, I like the rhythm of the rosary and then starts coming back. I think it can just be a model to us of wherever we are, it can be used as a tool we can be evangelized by by art too, wherever we are. So you've actually had fallen away Catholics come to your group because they were drawn through the art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of them, our small groups usually are like anywhere from five to 15 women and they pray with art and scripture together for five weeks. So some of them, it's 
they love art. And so they're like, I'm going because I want to talk about art. <laughs> and then some of them, it's like, oh, I'm friends with this person and I wanted to join in on community. Or I'm sure a lot of focus missionaries have this with Bible study is, oh, somebody invited me. So it kind of is different tools for different people, but the art can be a, a really good starting point. I found out we have a lot of fallen away Catholics because some people can be intimidated by like talking about faith. And it's like, just tell me what strikes you about this image. Do you like the light? Do you like the color? So it's very simple. You can talk about art if you're not even ready to talk about faith yet. Yeah, it's not threatening. I remember hearing a story about Maria von Trapp from The Sound of Music, and a psychology student came to a talk that she was giving, and he said, you know, I've studied psychology, and I can tell that you came from a really loving Catholic family. And she said, oh, well, I'm glad you're studying psychology. That's actually not true. She grew up in a home where her father was incredibly abusive to her, or maybe it was her uncle, but at any rate, she grew up being beaten on a regular basis. And she became really angry at God and the world to the point where she didn't believe that he existed. And she would try to escape her family by going into the village down the mountain. And she went into a church and she heard the singing. And it was so beautiful that it made her believe God must exist. And she followed that singing to the monastery. She had a conversion. She tried religious life. Obviously, we know that that did not work out. And yet it was the beauty that drew her and that allowed God to begin to heal the very painful experience of her childhood. I love that. I've never heard that story. That's so beautiful. Yeah, and I think that there are lots of stories like that where people were drawn through beauty. And with Maria... If somebody had started with her by trying to tell her God is loving, she would have become defensive about that. She would have said, no, he's not because I went through all of this. And trying to argue the truth about God being loving wouldn't have done anything. Yeah. But experiencing it through beauty is what did it. Yeah. Yeah. And that definitely makes sense because sometimes, I mean, kind of going back to our conversations in the last podcast, but if we have a negative experience, sometimes we just need a positive experience in that place. Yeah. In one of our series on like praying through God's fatherhood, we've had women who are like, I, I find it very hard to see God as father because I have a very difficult father and a very difficult relationship, but having an image to pray with of a loving father can really heal that or just like be an encounter where it's like, okay, here's a new memory with God as my father. So I think it's just a beautiful vehicle to really reach into those spaces, but be comforting. Yeah. I remember another story too, from when I was in the convent for three years, I discerned with the poor Claire's and we had different sister monasteries. And one of those was in Japan. And one of the sisters from Japan once visited for a federation meeting and she told us that she had been a ballet dancer and she was Buddhist. And she started becoming drawn to the Catholic Church through beauty. Because as a ballet dancer, beauty is something that really touched her heart. And yet she wasn't interested in seeking other religions at first. She wasn't interested in finding out more about Jesus. But it was the beauty that drew her. I love that. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah. So I think that beauty could be a very 
powerful tool for anybody who wants to evangelize. And yet you're surrounded by people who are just not open or perhaps even hostile, especially to the Catholic church. Yeah. So do you have any advice for somebody who wants to evangelize through beauty, but doesn't necessarily know how? Yeah, that's a good question because yeah, there are people who are artists who they're hearing this podcast and they're like, oh, I could think of very tangible ways. I mean, I have a few friends who are in focus and they, you know, were artists. And so they were like, we're going to do an art exhibit on campus, you know, or similar to what you mentioned when you were on campus doing something very tangible. But those of us who are not um, artistically leaning, the thing that comes to mind is John Paul II in his letter to artists actually speaks to everybody. He speaks to artists saying, visual artists and musicians saying like, you have a call. We all have different small V vocations and big V vocations, but he talks about how like our vocation as artists, those of us who do create, that we model the creator. And so if we're given that gift, there's kind of a call with it. But then he also talks about how all of us are called to be craftsmen of our own lives, Mm -hmm. which is really beautiful. And he talks about kind of the pursuit of virtue. So if the visual arts or music are not your thing, it's like, what are gifts that God has given me that really are a way that somebody can encounter? I mean, be a transcendental, be a way people can encounter God through my life, through the beauty of my life, through being kind, maybe asking somebody on campus how their day was because nobody's going to do that. And that's something I love to just be present to people in. And then something I also recommend to other things are just taking in beauty yourself. We reflect what we receive. And so Yeah, I encourage a lot of the women in our groups, like, hey, just sit with a work of art and take it in because like we become what we're seeing. Go to adoration, like receive that. And then something else, depending on where you are in life is, you know, just making your space a beautiful place. Mm -hmm. I mean, my husband and I host a lot of people, you know, that's something that we both love. Charism wise, like hospitality, something big to us. So it's like, okay, I could post with paper plates, which are bad, you know, but it's like, or we have like nice dishes and it will make somebody feel really special. We have sacred art around our house because I love art, but also like just plants, flowers, make these places inviting because it really just gives the people who are there the space to just be and relax and be themselves. So those are just some tangible examples. When you said we are what we reflect on, That made me think, not only should we try to expose people to beauty, but we should also expose them to art forms that actually cause them to reflect. Because in our culture, we're just so fast moving. It's fast food everything. You know, we're more interested in efficiency than in making something beautiful. And the result is that, you know, you look at our common forms of art, like songs, music, In Mozart's day, there were all these beautiful symphonies that were being created. And in our day, it's pop music. So we've got Mozart and Taylor Swift. That says something really scary about our generation. But you need art that makes you reflect. I think one of the biggest forms of art today is movies. And yet you have Christians who are trying to proclaim truths through movies, but they're not proclaiming it in an artistic way. You think of the most popular Christian movies, they're good films, but there's nothing artistic about them. And they just try to scream what the truth is. 
And really, they're just going straight to truth rather than trying to present something beautiful and letting people come to that truth through their own reflection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I think there's there's that balance of having like the artistic skill and doing things well, because that will just like invite people in compared to... Yeah, I mean, if you have an openly Christian movie, a lot of people who are outside the church probably will not come to that unless, which there's nothing wrong with that, but it's saying like, we can also use very indirect ways to invite people to that message. Yeah, and I think it's the same with Christian music. It's really good, but it tends to only win over those who are already one. And it doesn't tend to make you reflect too much, especially if you're not already one. And so we need to introduce people to forms of art that do cause that contemplation and even that ache and yearning in your heart. Because when you tap into that ache in your heart, that something in me is unfulfilled, which beautiful things often do reach that deeper place inside of us, then you're more open to finding the answer in God. Yeah. And I think too, with us, like, the more we take in those things, the more we can kind of model this posture of receptivity that is very counter what the world does. So it will strike other people that it's like, wait, you can like sit still by yourself without being on your phone for, (laughs) you know, a few minutes and kind of inviting others into that being like, hey, why don't you come to this like movie with me? Or, you know, would you go for a hike with me? But like, let's leave our phones. Just small invitations like that where it's, helping us not settle for less to invite us to go deeper. And I think it's also important to remember that you can evangelize through beauty if you're not an artist, because I have zero artistic skills, and yet I can help people to begin to contemplate by taking them to the museum, which I love doing, or just other things to introduce them to beautiful art. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And it's all around us. I mean, it's like in nature and... There's just so many opportunities that we can we can do that. Well, any final advice on how people could begin to evangelize through beauty? What I would say is, yeah, really just being aware of what the the way the Lord is speaking to each of us individually, I think is a good starting point. So it's like, okay, from listening to these podcasts, maybe I want to pray with art more. Or if you are an artist to go lean into those spaces more, or if you're not an artist, be like, okay, what are the ways the Lord is speaking to me? Is it through nature? Is it through surrounding myself with beautiful things? And then really taking that to prayer and asking the Lord, like, okay, how are you changing me in this? And then usually like our call to go out comes from that personal conversion with the Lord, right? So it's like, okay, it's easier for me to talk and share these things. I'm thinking of the disciples is like, they first needed to encounter the Lord. I mean, especially in this time after Easter, Thomas needed to touch the side of Christ to like be able to to speak to the people he was evangelizing to. And so likewise, we can't do the same unless we have that experience. And so really just being in touch with, okay, what way are you speaking to me, Lord? Going deeper, taking that to prayer, really living it and going deeper, not settling for less. I think that's a very important thing is like, I can think of as you were speaking, like, okay, what are the things, like, I kind of want to journal and jot down, like, what are the things I go to? For me, it's like social media on my phone. <laughs> it's like when I'm like afraid to go a place with the Lord or like I'm settling. And so to like journal that and be like, okay, what is something I could do in that place 
maybe I could read a good book, like a good work of literature mm-hmm. or listen to some really beautiful classical music or take up, you know, a new skill. So I think that can be a really good starting point. And then from that, invite people into that. Do a small group on like, oh, let's read this book and like talk about it together or just invite people into that space could be a really good starting point. That's a great point that we should start with how the Lord has captured our own hearts and then invite people into that. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for joining me for this series on beauty, Katie. It's been a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you so much for having me. I love talking about it. So thank you for having me. And thanks everyone for listening. And if you are interested in purchasing materials from Behold Visio Divina, the links to the website are provided in the details for this episode. I hope that all of you engage in Visio Divina in the future here and that you pray and evangelize through art. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.